All right, hello, welcome back to another post-work edition of Unqualified Analysis. I have got the white shirt on, a la Josh Pate. Today, it's about as tight as the shirt that Josh Pate wears, but not because he's jacked, or not because I'm jacked, uh, because this is a small shirt. This is this is an undershirt. If you if I lifted my my arms up, which I won't right now, you'll see some disgusting pit stains. That's that's just the way this thing is today. But once again, we have got another unstructured sort of off-season episode for y'all. I am back in the closet of shame. Can't remember if I was in the closet of shame last week, but you know what? Sometimes that's just how this thing works. It's always been hectic when it gets uh, to, to working time. I am, I'm dead. I'm, I'm dead inside. I'm dead outside. Uh, I am just basically running on fumes right now. But at the very least, we're not recording after work on a closing shift day. So, could be worse. Could be worse. And we've got an absolutely loaded episode for y'all today, man. I felt a few things I'm not even going to get to. Hotel Magnate Wyndham Clark. That is actually not true. Uh, but if you don't Google it and you disbelieve me, I mean, hey, it's it's true in your own mind, right? But yeah, Wyndham Clark wins the mask. Not <laughs> Can you tell I'm tired? He did not win the Masters. He won the U.S. Open. Good for him. Rory choked. Ricky Fowler. Boy, does it does it stink to, to watch him get so close once again and not win a major but is what it is. Uh, what else are we not getting to today? Uh, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers reportedly. This is this is Mike Florio though. Pro Football Talk, uh, as, as stated by Howie Roseman, one of the great conspiracy theorists in 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 the NFL and in, in the NFL circles. So take that with a grain of salt. But Aaron Rodgers reportedly vetoed a trade to the Patriots. Don't believe it, but it, it's it's fun sort of fan fiction there. Uh, and also Jordan Love. Saying happy Happy Father's Day to all the Bears fans out there. I, I don't think that was uh, accomplishing what he wanted to accomplish there. Later came out with an excuse that I think it was like the French Bears or something like that. Probably should have read a little bit more into it. Basically, he was saying no, no, no. It was it was a legitimate. Uh, Father's Day wish to a group of fans. I just not, I didn't specify the right bears. It was supposed to be the French bears, I think. And instead, I went with just the bears. I thought people would know that the bears meant the French bears. Everyone knows the bears means the French bears. Who hasn't thought bears and thought about French bears? That's, that's just how this thing goes. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically Jordan Love said the bears fans are his father. So not a great look. <laughs> not a great start to the uh, the public persona of the new bear. Not bear. <laughs> new Packers starting quarterback uh, so far. And yeah, that that's pretty much all I got to say on that. Uh, outside of that, we have got a absolutely loaded offseason episode full of headlines and such. The the basketball is over. It's just baseball right now. And honestly. All I really do is follow trends and bet on baseball. I don't. I don't really watch it too much uh, now that I have a regular sort of like. It's forty hours a week, but I'm at work for forty-five hours because I get a paid lunch, or an unpaid lunch rather. If it were paid, I'd be there no more than forty hours. Trust you and me. Trust me. I would not be there uh, any longer than I have to. But. I appreciate them employing me. I mean, it's, you know, I'm fulfilling my contractual obligations. Uh, I think I'm doing an okay job. Not a great job, but uh, an okay job. But yeah, I don't I don't even know what I was talking about there. Oh yeah, I'm not really watching baseball because I get home from work and I basically just want to go play video games and uh, let my knees rest because I spend the entire day on my feet, but enough about the the work vagaries here. We're in the off season is the moral of that whole story. I've been talking in circles for roughly four and a half minutes now. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's just hop into the headlines, shall we? Because I've got a whole lot of them today. And you know what? I'm going to kick this first one right up to the front of the line here because it's the biggest news of the past week, I believe, unless I'm missing something in this long string of headlines I got here, but Bradley Beal, this coming across the newswire last night. Well, initially, let's back up a little bit. 
end of last week, I believe it was, either Thursday, Friday. Time is a flat circle. I don't know, I don't know what day it is half the time unless I'm looking at a work schedule. I digress. But Late last week, it was reported that Bradley Beal, well, not Bradley Beal, the Wizards were exploring trade options. Uh, Bradley Beal's agent was working closely with the team because Bradley Beal was, I think, the only uh, player in NBA history to have a full no-trade clause. So he, we all know what that means if we've followed contract stuff in the NFL. It means you can just pick your destination. You, you, point on a map. Uh, if the team wants to send you someplace, they got to give your approval first because you can't trade him until he waives that no trade clause. That was the that that was the news going into the weekend. He knew at that point, look, they wouldn't put that out if they weren't looking for a trade actively. And Bradley Beal is a good enough player, three time All Star. I mean, scores. 23 to 25 a game every single year, pretty much. 11-year NBA veteran. We all knew there would be a market for his services out there because that's that's a guy, maybe not a guy you're going to win a championship with if he's the second best player on your team, but a third best player, third, fourth best player, having being Bradley Beal, that's a guy that can win you one if you play your cards right. So you knew there would be a ooh, excuse me deep field of contenders to vie for that. Later on in the weekend, it came out for through Woj, through Shams, that the Heat and the Suns were really finalists. They were the ones that were given the most compelling offers, uh, being the most aggressive with trying to acquire Bradley Beal. And so it got down to them. Then, coming through on Sunday night, the Suns come out the other side, get the deal done, grab Bradley Beal, and on the other side of it, they sent Chris Ball, Chris Ball, Chris Paul straight to basketball hell once again. Oh, they they basically traded uh, Chris Paul, maybe a first or something like that, and like a bevy of second round picks over to the Wizards in exchange for Bradley Beal. I mean, basically they just sent a bag of balls over to the Wizards and said, "Hey." You got a new point guard now. And the Wizards said, we're going to give you Bradley Beal in return for that bag of balls. Thank you. We love ball sports, and we're going to use these balls. I mean, we're going to get all the use that we can out of them. So thank you so much. We value this so much. We're going to send you our best player, because this is how you rebuild 50,000 second-round picks. That is that is why the Wizards have not gotten a 50-win season since the summer of love, folks. But I digress on that front. Either way... Chris Paul isn't going to have to stay with Washington for too long. Looks like uh, in the future here, he, he's going to be on that team for a second. Looks like the Wizards are going to turn around and trade him again. Rumors are that he's going to go back to the Clippers, which if Kawhi Leonard can stay healthy, cool. I mean, maybe not in total basketball hell at that point. Uh, but when is Kawhi Leonard ever healthy at the end of the year? Just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. So kind of in basketball hell no matter what and I've, I've said this well maybe not on the air but in in various group chats I've said you know what if Chris Paul were an alcoholic and I am not saying that Chris Paul is an alcoholic but if Chris Paul were an alcoholic based on his career trajectory where he's gone the 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 twists and turns it's taken from the the angel of stern as tony kornheiser liked to call him uh david stern came down and axed that deal that he was going to go to the lakers form the first like real super team and start that era um to the, the miami heat basically just doing it in free agency a couple of years later can't veto that uh david stern but yeah, from there, going to the Clippers, thinking, hey, we got a championship core, never working it out there, going to the, the Thunder, almost getting it done with the Suns, and now getting shipped off into basketball hell once again. I think there was even another stop in there that I'm for Oh, yeah, Houston Rockets. How could I forget the Houston Rockets in there? An another place where he got tantalizingly close and never sealed the deal, never got out of the Western Conference, went to the finals, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. You know, that's that's what happens when you're playing with the Warriors in your same conference and in the, the midst of the Warriors dynasty, if you will. Getting all the way through that only to find himself back in basketball hell once again. I would understand if Chris Paul was an alcoholic with that uh, with that history in mind. 
I I feel for the guy. He is he is an angry little man, and by little man I mean little by NBA standards. He's only a couple like maybe an inch or two shorter than me, so not the littlest man in the world. But he's an he's an angry little elf. That Chris Paul, I feel for him though. I definitely feel for him. I would be angry at the world given that history uh, of basketball. Uh, and I didn't even mention he started with the with the New Orleans Hornets, I believe at that point was what they were. And you know, being with New Orleans, he did not even sniff a championship down there. That that was never an option. That that was never going to happen. Um, so yeah, long long career arc, and it, it looks like unless Kawhi Leonard has another miracle run where he somehow holds his body together with twigs, leaves, and paper mache, um, does not feel like he's gonna rekindle the magic with the Clippers and get a championship in the twilight of his career. Just does not feel like that is in the cards. So I feel for you, Chris Paul. Um, hopefully you end up getting through this at the end of the day. There's still got a beautiful life and hundreds of millions of dollars, so life could be worse. But on the sun side of this thing, I mean, does it make him better? I I suppose. I, I suppose it makes him better. Um, with this new CBA, the the top four players they have being Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Bradley Beal. One of the one of those two, either Ayton or Bradley Beal, are the third best player on the team there. But with those four contracts, it, it's pretty prohibitive in this in this new salary cap uh, in in the new CBA to put together a team around those four contracts, which makes me think they're probably going to try to move DeAndre Ayton. They've gotten calls about DeAndre Ayton, apparently. I'm not sure how, how seriously they've fielded those calls, but insiders are saying that, you know, the Suns are getting calls about DeAndre Ayton, maybe moving him out of the out of the, out of the paint there, literally and figuratively out of the paint. Um, and that would make a lot of sense, given that does not feel like the guys on that team particularly love DeAndre Ayton. And sometimes for, for understandable reasons, we'll, we'll leave that comment where it is at this point. But it, I think, honestly, they could roll with those top four and literally be fielding like rookies and veteran minimum type of guys to, to fill out the roster there. Basically do a rough facsimile of what they were at the end of last season. Um... Oh, also, did I mention they sent Landry, Landry Shamit, which is one of their only good bench players, over to the Wizards as well in this deal. So they've got even less bench in this deal now. Um, feels like they got to trade one of those four contracts, and they certainly aren't trading Kevin Durant because they just traded for him last year. They certainly aren't trading Devin Booker because it's it's Devin fucking Booker. He's, I mean, he's an explosive player. There, there's no way you're trading Devin Booker. And you're not trading Bradley Beal because... Duh, they just they just traded for him. So the odd man out here is DeAndre Ayton. And if, if they want to build a deep team, feels like that's a guy that they've got to move. But right now, this is just a top-heavy roster. And frankly, it's not a roster that's going to beat Denver Nuggets anyways. So I don't know. Maybe it makes them better on the top line, makes them more exciting as a, as a starting five is concerned. Um. Me and just about every other person in, in sports media uh, does not think that this is a, a championship move, does not, does not think that this is a, a move that puts them into a championship mold either. And I'm not sure it's a, it's a move that makes them really better. Um, they don't have a true point guard right now. That Chris Paul was the point guard, and, and for how he's diminished over the back part of his career, really just over the last year or so, uh, physically, maybe he's not able to to shoot the way he once was, create shots the way he once was, but as a distributor and as as a brain on the court, uh, a true point guard, if you will, he he could really you could really do worse than than Chris Paul at that position. Sure, he was an offensive liability in the playoffs, but still a guy that can that can orchestrate the offense, get the ball where it needs to go, and a guy that would be willing to play a role if it meant that he could win a championship. They don't really have that now. So unless Kevin Durant kind of steps up in that way, or Devin Booker kind of steps up uh, and and kind of adds that to his repertoire a little bit. They're a team that looks a lot like the Boston Celtics, just a, a bunch of scorers, a bunch of ballers, but not any any team with a, what, what's the word I'm looking for, with a, with a distributor on the team. They don't have a point guard. They don't have a ball handler right now. Uh, they have a bunch of guys who can uh, handle the ball, 
but not in a, in a dis distribution sort of fashion. Am I making any sense? I feel like I'm making some sense here. Maybe not the most sense in the world, but I'm, I'm making, you know, enough to get to the dollars uh, category here. Again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but at the end of the day, I'm just not sure. I mean, it's, it's a move. It's a move that I think might help the offense. Like I said, Bradley Beal is a, is a dynamic scorer. He's done it for years and years and years. The advanced numbers aren't necessarily on his side, but the raw numbers there, they don't really lie. And even even if the advanced numbers don't really uh, go in his favor, he's a very good spot-up shooter, but just very good shooter in general. That's That's been the case ever since he came out of college pretty much. He can play that third role on offense. I mean, I feel like that's that's a role that he can play and make you better. It's just, are you going to draft a point guard? You need a ball handler on the team. That's I'll leave it there. You just need a ball handler on the team if you want to to win with this this core right now. So I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, it feels like DeAndre Ayton is going to be on the move. Uh, in, unless they just want to field the, the shallowest team of all time, like I said, filled with rookies and uh, undrafted rookies at that because they don't have like any first-round picks. They traded most of them to get Kevin Durant, and then they traded the rest to go get Bradley Beal here. Uh, so it's just a bunch of veteran mid-level exceptions on the team. Uh, you're, you're fielding like Thaddeus Young, like who's been out of the league for like four or five years or something like that. Uh, maybe you bring back Dwight Howard. Hey, he he could be your ball handler. He's he's killing it in Taiwan right now. Uh, you know, doing commercials and whatnot. I don't know though. Feels like they're still they're just a collection of pieces. They're not really a cohesive unit right now, as far as I see it in the moment. So, I don't know. I don't know where this goes. I don't know if this really leads to the team being better down there with the Suns, but. Hey, Matt Ishbia, you're, you're getting headlines of nothing else in your, your first year as an owner. I've spent entirely too long on this this question, well not question, this headline here. So let's let's get to the meat. Let's get to the crux of the rest of the issues here. We're going back to football. Uh, Stefan Diggs was not at the first day of mandatory minicamp. Kind of a weird situation. He showed up, uh, took a physical, and then I guess had conversations with, I want to say, Sean McDermott, uh, quarterback Josh Allen, probably offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, also GM Brandon Bean. And after those conversations, he peaced out and did not show up to practice that day. He was at the building, cleared medically, just got into some sort of uh, verbal altercation in all likelihood, and then went on his merry way for the day. Uh, McDermott said he's very he was very concerned about the absence, but then he showed up for day two. Also, McDermott canceled the rest of mandatory minicamp, though. So, I don't know. It's not deal-related. He just signed an, an, an extension last offseason. Uh, still has four years left on his, on his deal, even if it was a deal-related thing. Um, if it was a deal-related thing, that's a big old tough shit there, bud. It's not a tradable contract. You're making like $25 million a year. And you, if all else fails, if you're still unhappy with that, oh, by the way, you have four years left on your deal. Tough shit. <laughs> Tough shit. You're going to be here whether you want to be or not, Stefan. Uh, so I don't think it was, it was money related. Uh, what I do think it was, I don't know. I, I truly, I truly, this was one of the weirdest stories of the past week. I mean, Josh Allen shows up the next day uh, and says, hey, yeah, I mean, I love Stefan. Stefan Diggs is the best, man. We, we talked. We, we had it out. They had these little cute coordinated Instagram posts about how, yeah, I love Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs like, yeah, that's my quarterback. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it feels like something where may, there are rumors that maybe it was about unhappiness with the, the role in the offense going forward. I don't know. He caught damn near 100 balls last year. So unless they're, they're going away from him, which would be dumb, make no mistake about it, that would be stupid. <laughs> he's, the, he's the best receiver you got on your team by about a mile. So I feel like he should feature pretty heavily in your offense. I mean, just it, call me a skeptic. I just don't know if that was the, the way that it was happening. Um, maybe he's maybe he's angry they're not going to throw him the ball even more than what they did last year. I I simply don't know. It just seemed like it was worth noting on the show. 
Um, and it's it just seems like a little bit of classic Stephon Diggs here, man. He's a great wide receiver. Sometimes he can be a headache, and that's that's the yin that comes with the yang there, if you will. There's not really uh, you can't have the greatness without a little bit of uh, diva mentality when you're at a at a wide receiver position. Maybe you can ask for uh, something a little bit a little bit more friendlier mix, if you will, at the quarterback position. But at wide receiver, this kind of comes with the territory. I understand. I I still wish Stephon Diggs was on the Vikings. That being said, we wouldn't have gotten Justin Jefferson if he wasn't. So, eh, I think it all worked out well in the end. We don't have to rehash all of that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this is going to actually affect anything on the field this year. Maybe this is a story that will come out uh, later on. Uh, maybe maybe it all just ends up being a big old nothing burger. But this was, uh, it, it dominated the headlines for a couple days last week. I don't know. I don't know why I just spent time on that. But Stefan Diggs, unhappy. There's your headline right there. All right, up next we have got uh, each SEC team will play either Texas or OU in their first season in the conference, which I guess is news. My favorite thing of news here was the, uh, the Mississippi State schedule release for the 2024 SEC schedule. Uh, do yourself a favor and just Google those key, well, not even Google, go to Twitter, type in the search bar. Uh, you know what? I don't know that everyone here goes on Twitter. So just go on the Googles, uh, type in Mississippi State football re schedule release 2024, and you will probably find the image that I am I'm, I'm talking about here. They did like some sort of AI rendering of, of each team's mascot, and I need to pull up the picture here, and I might have to actually, you know, take a mental note of the time slot here and go back and actually put in the picture into the video itself because it is, it's beautiful. It's an absolutely beautiful portrait they put up there, uh, and it, like basically AI renderings of what each team's mascot uh, would look like. I don't know. I feel like we have pretty good real life uh, sort of things to fall back on here but um oh yes oh yes we are we're getting there man um first and foremost I, I guess this is all like like anthropomorphized so they got like human bodies and animal heads I'm, I'm looking here and we, we've got an absolutely rocked up Missouri uh, tiger over there. I mean, he is sexy. If if we get if we were at the same bar together, I would look over him and be like, "Damn, that is a sexy ass tiger right there." Also, there's a tiger in the bar. I need to run out the back door right now. Well, maybe not run because that might trigger his predatory instincts. You got to be careful that predator drive. You make a make a, a sharp movement away from a predator, they will pounce on you. It's part of their instincts, man. So you got to. Back away slowly, and then once you're out the back door, then you get the hell out of there. But there's a tiger in the bar. I am out of there. Um, the 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 Arkansas Razorback, which is just a pig, just a guy with with a pig head. Also the uh, the Florida Gator. They just look like they want you to kill them. That that, that just does not look like uh, that. That's certainly not a creation by God. I'll tell you that much. It is probably mostly a creation by Satan himself. Uh, so that's fun. That looks horrifying. Probably should put those guys in an electric chair as soon as possible. Put them out of their misery. Uh, te <laughs> Texas A&M's might be my favorite one. It's just a pair of legs. I'm all of them wearing football pants, by the way. So legs, cleats, football pants, and the upper body is just a thumbs up. Just a hand with a thumb up. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know why <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to be I don't know why Texas A&M's mascot is just a just a thumbs up on top of on top of some legs doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but I love it it's fantastic it is it's less horrifying than Arkansas or Florida I'll tell you that much uh Ole Miss it, once again, one of those things that looks like uh, it's saying, please kill me. Uh, it's it's a it's shark, kind of, except for the fins are like arm length and the, the legs are like shark skin. It, it, 
It's horrifying is what it is. It is truly uh, a, a sight that tells you to shoot it. Please, please shoot me. And speaking of which, similar vibe, maybe the most um, sh please kill me vibe of all these mascots, uh, the Georgia Bulldog, once again, anthropomorphized body. <laughs> Bulldog head. This feels like one that they should have knocked out of the park given that Mississippi State's mascot, if you haven't heard, is a bulldog. So feels like it's up our alley. We we didn't necessarily need to outsource this one to the AI, but once again, absolute. I mean, it's a it's a happy looking dog face, which is why I'd say you know probably not something that wants you to kill it. Seems like it's having a good time, but just based on the physique, I mean, the traps looking like Quasimodo over here. I mean, just like it looks like there's a cancerous lump on the back of the Georgia Bulldog's neck right now. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Probably should get that checked out by a veterinarian, I would imagine. Uh, I would say small animal vet, but it's like human size, so it feels like we're getting into that territory of large animal. Um, might want to, might want to get that checked out though. Seems like uh, a growth that should not be there, but. He seems happy. Seems like a happy guy over there. Uh, Texas just looks like a cartoon character. I don't know. This one looks like demonstrably different from every other one, and that doesn't look horrifying. It just looks like like one of those animated cartoons where just animals doing people jobs. A lot like Zootopia, except for not quite as high of high of a quality. Just kind of like, you know, like, like Claymation Zootopia, if you will. Uh, like a... I would say Wallace and Gromit. Was Wallace and Gromit one of those types of movies? No, they were they were humans. They were just weird looking humans. They were kind of like uh, like uh, like like almost said what 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 is that what is that movie? I'm thinking Hills Have Eyes. Kind of like one of those Hills Have Eyes people or uh, Wallace and Gromit. But I don't know. Um, yeah, one of those cartoons where animals are doing people jobs. The Texas mascot just kind of looks like. Uh, if you got a cow farmer in that universe, that's just kind of what they look like. They got like, you know, suspenders, still football pants, but the suspenders plus the hat, like a little, little, little cute little cowboy hat on top there, you know, makes me think, makes me think farmer. So, I mean, that's, you know, probably the least terrifying of these mascots, I would say outside of, outside of the Missouri, outside of the Missouri tiger, that guy can get it. He, he gets fucked all the time. He is absolutely, he gets it, man. He is, he's jacked out of his mind. He walks into the bar and says, come here, lady. And lady says, oh my God, there's a tiger in the bar. Uh, but afterwards, she's like, oh, you know, that's, that's a pretty jacked tiger. I might want to go home with that tiger right there. He gets it, man. He absolute smoke show, that Missouri tiger. But Texas, just a cute little mascot over there. And finally, we have got Tennessee... <laughs> It, it is a it is a dead heat between Texas A&M and Tennessee for which mascots I I love the most on this graphic. Tennessee, um, again, anthropomorphized body kind of. It's got human arms. It's got human legs with kind of a checkerboard uh, football pants on cleats, all that sort of stuff. And the upper body is just it's an orange, like the fruit. It it is an orange with eyes, a nose, and a little smirking mouth right there. Seems happy to be alive at the very least. Seems like a guy that is okay with being on this earth. Um, <laughs> I saw I saw a few memes online where it was like, hey, my homie thinks you're cute, and then picture of the homie, it's the, it's the Tennessee mascot on this graphic. I think that's, I mean, perfect use of the internet right there. Love that. Love that. That's pretty much the vibes this guy gives off. He's he's staring at you from across the bar, uh, going back to the bar scenario. If 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 the Missouri Tiger like oozes sexual energy, uh, the Tennessee mascot oozes. Oh my God! What did? What is wrong with that guy? Oh, oh, never mind. I feel like I feel like a dick now. Someone brought their special needs brother to the bar. They're they're taking him out for some socialization. What a good guy. What a good guy that guy is. If you're a woman, you're thinking, well, probably has to take care of his brother, so I'm not I'm not gonna fuck him tonight. But 
I might give him my number, see if we can hook something up later. I mean, it feels like uh, it, whoever the friend is there is the one that's coming out a little bit better than the Tennessee mascot. His friend is just going to be like, okay, stay quiet, Mr. Orange Man. Uh, you're going to you're gonna be doing getting sympathy points over here, showing how good of a guy I am. I'm going to be raking. I'm going to be raking right now. I'm going to pay you back later. I'm going to pay you back somehow later, but right now, I need you to be a team player and, uh, and uh, help me get this get this going right now. So... Yep, that is the that is the the graphic of SEC games in 2024. I spent way too much time on that, but uh, for real, go go look up this graphic. It is it's nightmare fuel. It is hilarious. It is all of the above. It's beautiful, really. It's beautiful just how low quality it is, and I love to see it. Quite frankly, I I just I love to see it. With that though, let's move on to the next one. I. I totally didn't talk about what the headline is, but I made that all my own, you know? That that is what it is right there. So, let us move on to the very next headline here. Uh already talked about that. Uh Bradley Beal maybe being traded. Well, well, wouldn't you know he got traded? Um also, are the Golden Knights the greatest expansion franchise in the history of sports? This is one I meant to do a little bit more research on because I feel like there's gotta be some teams I'm forgetting about, right? But let me just make the argument for you with zero qualifications and zero credentials, like I say in the intro every time. The Golden Knights, in their very first year of existence as an expansion franchise, I believe back in 2017, 2018, one of those, just like five, six years ago, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals with basically just an expansion draft team, just guys that uh, you needed to make two players available on every team for the expansion draft. Uh, they were the guys that got the, they were, they were the odd men out, if you will. I mean, just guys that did, were not wanted by their previous teams or were their previous teams were willing to lose. They all come together in a way that gets all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. They didn't win that first year, but they got all the way there. I think in the playoffs every single year after that, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, maybe they missed one in there somewhere. If they did, it was just barely. And then this past year, they get all the way to the Stanley Cup final, beat the dog piss out of the, the Florida Panthers once they get there, and now they're Stanley Cup winners just five, six years into their existence. I feel like they've and they've never been bad in the history of their franchise thus far. They've always been good. Every single year that they have been in the NHL, I just don't think, show me another franchise that has been an expansion franchise that over the course of their first five or six years has had a run like the Golden Knights have uh, in Las Vegas. It's, I, I'd, again, probably should have done some research on this into what past expansion franchises have done, but I'm thinking about the Texans. They got that number one overall pick, and I think they got the number one overall pick the very next year. They were terrible. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the maybe the Seattle SuperSonics did something like that in the NBA. I can't think of any team off the top of my head though that has had such an immediate impact. Maybe maybe the Ravens. They won a they won a championship uh, shortly after they got into Baltimore. But let's not forget they weren't an expansion franchise. They were just the old Browns that moved to Baltimore and renamed themselves the Ravens. They weren't an expansion franchise. They already had an infrastructure that was in place. So that doesn't really count either. It feels like the Golden Knights are kind of just in a category all of their own as far as success out of the gate as an expansion franchise. I think they are probably the best expansion franchise of all time, just based on what their track record has been since the very beginning of their franchise. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on that. I mean, sure, people can throw evidence at me. Feel free to do that. If you do, make sure you subscribe first and foremost. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Caleb Verzak. That is at Caleb Verzak. And uh, reply there. Get me all the engagement. Also, like and retweet while you're at it. I'm trying to get uh, a little bit more traffic on those things because it, it's sad. It's sad sometimes uh, tweeting out into the abyss. But I digress on that front. Don't even remember what I was talking about. It, it was something to do with the Vegas Golden Knights. They're the best expansion franchise in history. And since I lost my train of thought, seems like a good time to move on to the next headline in the list, shall we? So, back to the NFL. 
Kirk Cousins doesn't expect contract talks to resume until after the season, that was March of 2024, and feels like this could be his last season in many and the fact that Kwesi Adolfo Mensa did not go for another one-year uh, extension on top of this tells me that this very well could probably be the last year that Kirk Cousins is in Minneapolis. And when you look at next year's draft, there's a lot of guys that forego their eld they're foregone for forego. Yeah, I think forego is the word there. They they forego their their eligibility last year uh, to push it back to this season. Um, in the NFL draft. And as a result, this this 2024 draft is loaded with quarterbacks. I mean, sure, you got the, the dazzling names in the top two, Drake May and uh, Caleb Williams. How could I forget his name? It's the same as mine. Um, not last. You get it. You get it. All right. But those top two names are very dazzling. They'll be the first and second picks in whatever order you decide to take them or whatever, where the teams decide to take them. But even after that, I mean, we got Michael Penix. We got Bo Nix. We've got um, maybe J.J. McCarthy, if that's what you're into. Um, I, I, I could pull up a list right now. In fact, I'm going to pull up a list right now. It's, it's a lot of names that are in this 2024 draft class. Trust me, there, there are guys that are down the ranks that I would still think could be uh, starting NFL quarterbacks at some point in their career. Uh, let me look this up real quick just to just to make the point. Uh, QB class NFL. That's that's what I'm looking for here. All right. So what have we got here? We got Caleb Williams, obviously. We got Drake May. We've got Michael Pratt at Tulane. Sports Illustrated. Fake news, I think. I don't, I'm not sure anyone's putting Michael Pratt at number three. Uh, we've got Jordan Travis from Florida State at four. What the fuck is this list, Sports Illustrated? This is not, it's just not true. It's not true. Bo Nix at five. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I can understand Bo Nix ahead of Michael Penix, but having him, uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know about all that. Uh, Michael Penix is at six. J.J. McCarthy. Sam Hartman, he I talked about him last year. He's a solid uh, sort of uh, QB prospect, prospect. Grayson McCall, very good QB prospect. Jaden Daniels out of LSU. I mean, Devin Leary might have a bounce back here. Spencer Rattler, former five-star. He's going to fool someone into taking him. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, very talented guy that could vault up draft boards. K.J. Jefferson, Low-key, very underrated over there at Arkansas. One of the more efficient offensive players in FBS since he's, he's taken the reins of that starting role at, at quarterback there with Arkansas. Don't be surprised if he sneaks into some mock drafts a, as well. Maybe not in the first round, but in the first couple rounds for sure. He's a talented player that I'm very intrigued with. And also, my boy Will Rogers. I don't think he's got the arm to be an NFL starting quarterback, but he's, I think he's got the brain and the personality to be a long-term backup quarterback. So, I mean, you've got an absolutely loaded class of quarterbacks next year. And what that means for Kirk Cousins is, I mean, they don't they don't want to pay another near 40 million, probably over $40 million a year to bring Kirk Cousins back once again when they can just get a guy on a rookie deal, whether that be in the second round or the first round, either way, it's going to be substantially less than what Kirk Cousins would have made. Maybe it makes the offense worse in the short term, but we all know what Kirk Cousins is. He's a guy that's going to make all the right decisions on the books for the first three and a half quarters, or really just three and a half quarters total. And in the first, say, in the last, like, say, four minutes of each half, he's going to do some things that have you asking why? Why Why have you done this to us? And that's just kind of, I mean, after a certain amount of times where a guy is showing you over and over and over who he is, you just got to believe him after a certain point. And I can understand his statistical profile can fool a lot of people into thinking he is an elite quarterback. But you know, go back to the Washington football team, uh, Vikings fans as well. The people that have watched him day in and day out every year, we know who he is. I, he can make some dazzling throws. When he is on his game, he can he, he's as accurate as just about anyone in the NFL. He can put the ball on a dime 50 yards down the field. I mean, that's, that's never been a question uh, in the middle of the game, say like 10 minutes to go in the second quarter, but you get down to the last four minutes. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what happens in his mind. I don't know if he tenses up a little bit. It always kind of looks like he's tense with that, ah, 
uh, 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 that face that he always does. I would say change it, but over a decade into the league at this point, it's, it's simply not going to happen right now. So, I mean, there there is that, but you get down that last four minutes, it just it all just short circuits. He makes bad decisions. He checks down when he should push the ball down the field. Just go see that check down on fourth and eight to TJ Hawkinson at the end of last season in the playoffs. Don't have to rehash that whole thing. But we know who Kirk Cousins is. Maybe I mean we got an offensive head coach. The the scheme is there. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be the same no matter what offensive staff comes in. He's still going to be have Kevin O'Connell orchestrating the whole thing so maybe you bring in a young quarterback have a mold have a molded and developed in your own system it makes a lot of sense being that quasi adofo mensa has not had the shot to to give it a go with his own guy in that that sort of situation so it feels like this is all shaping up i would unless kirk cousins comes out and just absolutely balls this year takes them on a deep run into the playoffs, has clutch plays, is not the reason that they lose at the end of the games. You can't point to one thing and be like, man, if he would have done this better, we would have won this thing at the end of the game. Maybe maybe you extend Kirk Cousins another year or two at that point. But the way I see it, it feels like Kirk Cousins is walking in free agency next year. Skipping all the way ahead to 2024, would we be shocked, and I'm just putting this out here, just put it out here. Would we be shocked if Kirk Cousins went to the San Francisco 49ers? We have heard in the past that Kyle Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the type of quarterback that thrives in Kyle. Not just thrives, with the accuracy that Kirk Cousins has, uh, the veteran presence that he has. He's better than Brock Purdy, I'll tell you that right now. If he goes into a Kyle Shanahan offense, an offense that will consistently make the reads easy for Kirk Cousins, he won't have to be the big-time playmaker down the stretch in all likelihood, he could very easily go in there and win a Super Bowl. So looking forward to that Kirk Cousins free agency next year. Feels like he's not going to be a Viking for too much longer, and, and it's understandable given that usually when a new GM regime, GM head coach regime comes in, they like to get their own guys in there. Basically just purged all of the last like Rick Spielman contracts from the previous regime in this this offseason, uh, minus Daniil Hunter. We still got Daniil Hunter on, on the, the roster, but get rid of Adam Thielen, get rid of Eric Kendricks, get rid of Dalvin Cook just uh, over the course of the last week or so, and... Yeah, it feels like like Kirk Cousins is going to be next. Though, Quasi Dofo Mensa did sign that one year deal last year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop rambling. Though, uh, it does feel like this one is going to be uh, done after this year, unless something in- incredible happens with Kirk Cousins. I don't know pulling a Geno Smith late in his career and turning into a, a really good clutch time player. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how that all works out. We won't really have any sort of solution to that until we get to March 2024 though so leave that where it is uh gonna make this one quick Warriors hired Mike Dunleavy as the next GM seems like they wanted to go kind of the route that they did with the head coach when they hired Steve Kerr uh you know former player uh, notoriously smart player um I guess he's he's you know been in in this sort of circuit for a while um hey Give it a give it a go, Mike Dunleavy. I think pretty much everyone on that team is probably just happy that Joe Lacob did not hire his son to be the GM, and I think we can all just be happy knowing that that didn't happen. Pretty much, and that, that would that would have been sad. That would have been a real sad moment. Uh, I'm not sure Mike Dunleavy is going to be any better because I don't really know what Mike Dunleavy's team building sort of credentials are. But I don't know. Might as well give it a go, I suppose. Um, also, Michael Jordan finalizing a sale of his majority stake of the Charlotte Hornets to a couple dudes I have never heard of, probably for the best, though. He was not very good at being an owner, and he made a, a bunch of money off of this deal, too. He can just take that giant wad of billions and billions of dollars and just ride off into the sunset and smoke cigars on his back porch for the rest of time. And he could, and he will. I can almost guarantee it. He's going to have those jaundiced yellow eyes on his back porch, staring out at the ocean, and hammering about 50 cigars a day. That's just that's just Michael Jordan, man. That's probably where Michael Jordan is best. There and on the golf course. Either way, we know the cigar is going to be right there, right, right in his mouth, if you will. So... 
he wasn't a very wasn't very good at building a basketball team. Uh, notoriously, back when the Wizards drafted Kwame Brown, kind of bullied him a little bit into just totally tanking his development at that point. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm just I'm just you know. I'm I'm happy for LaMelo Ball and all this, man. He was he was kind of getting screwed by the fact that Michael Jordan, notorious cheap ass as an owner, could not put a team around him ever. Uh anytime they made a good draft pick, it seemed like they were snake bitten as well. I mean, who was it? Um not Michael Bridges, it was Miles Bridges, uh got caught with some felony charges who I you know, I think he's still facing those felony charges and if I'm not mistaken, He's not with an NBA team anymore. I want to talk about a fall from grace. That dude was looking at like a $150 million contract. He catches some felony charges. Now he's out of the NBA entirely. I think before he even hit that big-time payday, too. So, whew, that sucks. That that sucks. That's, that's ancient history, though. But that's just kind of an encapsulation of what the, the Hornets' ownership has been under Michael Jordan thus far. So uh, I would assume the guys that are coming in are going to be... The bar is low to be more competent than Michael Jordan. So I'm not as far as a basketball player, but as far as building a team and putting a team together, being willing to spend money to put a team together. uh, I feel good for LaMelo Ball. Probably going to be Scoot Henderson there as well at two, unless they trade that pick. There's talk of maybe getting Zion Williamson. I think that's total total BS. I don't think that's actually going to happen. But rumors that were floating out there, so, you know, could could happen conceivably. But this is good news for all those players over there. I mean, I think maybe this could be a turning point to getting some things going, maybe getting to some winning ways over there in Charlotte to go with the Panthers. Both those both those teams kind of on the up and up. David Tepper, unafraid to spend gobs of cash and free agency and just throw draft picks into the wind to get the number one overall pick. Gotta respect that. And on the other side of town, Charlotte Hornets. Making moves more like getting the franchise moved to someone else who is going to actually uh, invest money into the team. So... Things are looking up over there in Charlotte. They are looking up indeed. Uh, Up next, we have got John Morant. He gets 25 games. That's the suspension. They were waiting until the end of the NBA Finals to announce that one. Uh, NBA Finals obviously done, so they bring out out the... um, the verdict there, it's 25 games. I think less than I probably thought. I think it was probably going to, I thought it was probably going to be 40 games. I didn't think it would be the full season. I feel like that would be a little bit too excessive. Yeah, hell, even at 25 games, the, uh, the, the NFL PA is kind of arguing against it, which I get it. It's their job to do such a thing. If a, if a punishment comes down, it's the NFL PA's job to contest that punishment uh, so as not to uh, to set a precedent. I get it. it it's what you got to do in that in that sort of situation. Um, I don't I don't really begrudge them for for lodging a complaint or whatever it, it happened to be on John Morant's behalf. He didn't actually commit a crime. You're not. They're not wrong about that. So um, I think that's a that's a dumb way to look at it. But they're not wrong that he didn't didn't commit a crime. Um, so it's it's fair. I think 25 games is is fair just based on his sort of past um, being told to not show guns on camera, which seems like a pretty easy request to accommodate, but. Who's to say, I guess. Uh, And then turning around a couple months later, and then once again, you guessed it, showing a gun on camera. Um, NBA also seems to be serious about ensuring that he gets his mental health right before he comes back. His return is stipulated on formulating a plan to address the issues that keep getting him in these situations. On paper, it looks good. In practice, who knows if it'll actually work out that way. But at the very least, they're not just giving him a slap on the wrist and saying, go to rehab for three days for your gun issues. Like, that's going to do absolutely anything. And obviously, it's not just... The gun is just the tip of the iceberg here. The fact that he needs to, he feels like he needs to have a gun around is part of the, the crux of the issue. There is some deep stuff there that, I mean, it doesn't, a lot of it isn't public, but it feels like John Moran is kind of struggling mentally. That's, that's kind of the, the best way to put it. I hope he gets help on that front. But I think the, there is funny stuff in this story right now, man. Uh, you may have seen, if you're listening to this, uh, TMZ got a hold of a video that John Morant used in his testimony uh, to, I guess, not get more uh, on his sentence. Uh, apparently, 
and he was showing it on the video, it wasn't a real gun that he was holding. No, 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 no. It was a gun lighter where you pull the trigger, poof, there's fire coming out that side. You light something with it. Maybe a candle, um, maybe a blunt. Who's to say? Who's to say? They don't test for marijuana in the NBA. I don't I don't know. Probably 90% of the league smokes weed if I had to guess. So, hey, maybe just, just sparking something up. Which, even if that was the case, it feels like, even if it looks like a gun, kind of serves the same purpose as far as probable cause is concerned, both from the police and people that would be um, afraid and retaliatory at the fact that you have and are wielding a gun. Uh, serves about the same purpose, whether it's it's real or fake. It looks real, and that's pretty much the only thing that, that matters there as far as John Morant's safety is concerned. Um, the funniest part of this, though, not just the excuse saying, oh, it wasn't a gun, it was a gun-shaped lighter. My my bad, guys. The funniest part is, like, oh, okay. The NBA said, oh, okay. We're okay with that. Okay, let's, um, if you don't mind, uh, do you have the do you have the gun lighter on you? And John Moran's like, hmm, sorry? Um, what do you mean? Uh, oh, you have the gun lamp, or, or the gun, gun lighter on you, right? Um, no, no, it's... It's back down south. Back back down south is where that is. Okay, uh, you know maybe we can, maybe we'll send an NBA official over there. I uh, just just get a look at it, right? Well, um, I lost it. It's it's not around. I don't I don't know where it is. Keep a cluttered, messy keep a cluttered, messy room, guys. I can't. It's a big house. I make a lot of money. You know, it's Memphis. It's you know cheaper land over there. I you know I build a palatial estate and I I lost it somewhere in there. I got a lot of stuff. Got a lot of stuff, all right? I don't I don't know. I can't keep track of one gun lighter, okay? So you might as well not even go looking, right? I mean, it's just... Uh, forget about it. Forget, forget I even said anything. But trust me, it was a gun lighter. It was not a real gun. And lo and behold, I think that... I mean, he didn't get a uh, he didn't get half a season suspension, didn't get a full season suspension. I think it might have worked. <laughs> I think that dumb excuse might have actually got him out of jail to a certain extent. So... Good for John Morant. Um, once again, hope he actually goes to therapy, gets some help. Uh, seems like he's really struggling mentally. And this will not go away until he addresses the uh, the key tenets of his problem. So I'm pulling for him. I'm rooting for him. Um, that's a hilarious excuse, though. The gun lighter is just, whew, that's... That's that's so dumb. It's smart as hell, man. I'll I'll tell you what. Also, not being able to provide the gun lighter when asked by the NBA somehow makes it even funnier. It's it's just a it's just a fantastic confluence of of events that are going on there. That just it's just it's art. It's art, man. And again, I hope he I hope he gets the, the help that he needs. I hope he he does better going forward. Well, that's just funny. That's just funny right there. Um, and let's let's move on from that. Um, another one that we will just touch on real quickly. Bob Huggins. He likes to drink and drive, man. He likes to challenge himself on the motor skills department. Which, by the way, don't do that, folks. Uh, he blew a .21, got a DUI, and resigned as the West Virginia head basketball coach. Um, he may, You may remember him earlier on in this offseason on a radio show, you know, talking about the, the Catholic F-words, you know, he got, got a, a sizable dock in his pay after that little incident, and you knew after that, that one incident there, he was already skating on thin ice, we'll, we'll slash your salary, but we're going to need to see you be a good boy, Bob, we're, we're going to need you to see you be a good boy if you're going to keep this job. And then he gets pulled over in Pittsburgh, thinks he's in Columbus, and now that feels like probably the last job that, that Bob Huggins is going to get. What a ride. What an absolute ride from, from Bob Huggins there, both in the car and throughout the course of his career. Uh, certainly an entertaining guy to listen to when he's not throwing around throwing around uh, anti-gay slurs. I mean, you know, using some 90s words, if you will. <laughs> A 90s, early 2000s words, if you will. Words you can't really say anymore. Um, when he's not doing that, fun guy to listen to. He's, he's a funny guy. Just um, 
made some bad decisions that you can't really come back from, unfortunately. So Bob Huggins out of a job, West Virginia, looking for a new head basketball coach for the first time in decades upon decades, conducting a national search. So see what comes of that. R.I.P. to the boy Bob, though. You did some dumb, dumb things. Somehow even dumber than John Morant, I would say. Either one could get you killed. You or someone else killed. Um, both seem very controllable. Bob Huggins, though, big old dipshit move given the uh, given the whole context of what he already been through this offseason. Come to think of it, though, I mean, John Morant and Bob Huggins, similar realms of dipshit territory given that John Morant was on thin ice as well. Bob Huggins, though, he's old enough to know better. I mean, he's got like 50-some years on, on uh, John Morant, 50, 40, 50 years, whatever it happens to be on John Morant. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying Bob Huggins is the, is the dumber one in the situation. Also, Bob Huggins, I don't know how this got past me, didn't even break a law. He actually did not break a law. So it's, it's all good. It's all good, John Morant. You are not the dumbest guy on today's episode. That would be Bob Huggins. Um, have a good retirement, bud. That feels like where this is going. Probably need to pick up a hobby. Look, look for fishing, maybe. Maybe you, you take a few few years fishing, and then someone either ESPN, Fox, uh, CBS, one of those guys just like snatches you up, and you get a nice little little cushy job analyzing basketball at a desk somewhere. That could be fun. I would I would look into that ASAP though. Um, Patriots cornerback uh, Jack Jones. Did actually break some laws in a in a big time way. Got arrested for carrying two pistols in his carry on. Uh, best context is in my phone screenshotting the actual quote of what this uh, what the actual charges were because initially I heard okay he had two pistols in his carry on probably forgot it was in there. Um, I know I don't know a whole lot of people who I know people who have just forgotten that a gun was in their luggage though like oh shit did not mean to do this they're like okay it's it's all good we'll send this through um I don't know you might have to like send it home some, at some point maybe if your bag is in pro you're you're not like carry on bag but you're like your actual luggage the one that's going under the plane maybe that one hasn't processed yet so we can you know get this gun checked in get it under the plane um, worst case scenario we just send it home. That's if you're carrying legal guns, though, and um, it turns out Jack Jones was not carrying legal guns. The quote from a, uh, I think it was, it wasn't Boston Globe, local Boston news, we'll just say, 25-year-old Jackie K. Jones of Arizona is facing several charges, including possession of a concealed weapon in a secure area of an airport. Okay, fair enough. Uh, possession of ammunition without a firearm identification card. Not good, especially in Massachusetts. Unlawful possession of a firearm, which makes sense if you're not having the firearm card. Okay. And possession of a large capacity feeding device, according to police. And that last one... I mean, not having the firearms card and uh, owning a gun as well as the ammunition, kind of dumb in and of itself, but uh, the large capacity feeding device, that's um, that's the big one. <laughs> that's the one that's, uh, I mean, the biggest felony of them all. Uh, I saw one legal, it was only one legal expert, but he was a lawyer. I looked him up. I, I made sure he was legit. Um, the feeding device is what's really going to possibly put him away for multiple years. That's that is something that is uh, illegal in all states, let alone a state that is very strict on guns like Massachusetts. So does not feel like unless some miracle happens that Jack Jones is going to be with the Patriots for uh, for the foreseeable future here. And it's it's a shame. He was a talented cornerback. They just signed him uh, to a nice little deal this offseason. And what did he do? Not only did he forget that there were two guns in his carry-on luggage, uh, he forgot that there were two incredibly illegal guns, given that he did not have the firearm identification card and had an illegal feeding device for, excuse me, four set guns on the guns. I mean, we've got a whole episode full of dipshits today, man. I mean, I'm talking Bob Huggins. John Morant comes out of this looking the least dumb of all of the dumbasses that have been on the show today. I mean, it's like, I mean, Bob Huggins doing the DUI, dumb incredibly dumb especially blowing a point point two one I'm like bro you've made millions of dollars get an uber you're just it's not like you're you're on you're down on your luck you're like oh man i i can't afford this uber right now i can't i can't afford to find a driver i don't have any friends in the area no 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 no, no. you're bob huggins man you've been making 
over a million dollars a year for like 20 years now, at the very least. Like, get an Uber, my guy. You did not need to have this happen. And then you got Jack Jones just committing a bevy of felonies here. I mean, just just things that are just clearly illegal that you just simply cannot do, he was doing. And you know what? In the midst of that, John Brandt's gun lighter, I mean, looks like the sanest thing that's going to be on this episode as far as transgressions today. So, I mean, hey, good for John Morant coming out of this episode looking as squeaky clean as possible. But, uh, yeah, Jack Jones feels like he's going to be going to jail at some point here. These are, like, serious felony offenses for for what they are. Uh, maybe he can strike a plea bargain and get out of this in some way, shape, or form. It feels like that's going to be tough to swing in this scenario, though, so... Good luck to you, bud. Um, I'm I'm pulling for you. I guess you're a very good player. I, I I assume you're a very good. I don't know who. I don't know Jack Jones at all. So I mean, maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's not. Either way, have a good life. I suppose. Feels like he might be done in the NFL at this point. Unfortunately, but it is what it is. You play shitty games, you get shitty prizes at the end of the day. Um, last story today. I like to end this thing off with a fun one. And boy, this was. I mean, maybe not fun for Antonio Brown, but for basically everyone else, this this was just, I mean, just textbook on-brand Antonio Brown behavior that you, maybe you don't love to see, but it's certainly entertaining, if nothing else. I mean, certainly an entertaining product to watch. Antonio Brown's Arena Football League team, the Albany Empire, uh, have been kicked out of the... Um, I, Alliance of Arena, I don't know, Arena Football something, one of those arena leagues he got kicked out of, whatever whatever arena league that the Albany Empire were in, they got kicked out, uh, and initially, without having zero knowledge of why they were kicked out, I basically just wrote down here, and I quote, uh, got kicked out of the league for what I can only assume is unpaid bills based on the history of Antonio Brown, and what do you know, my blind just blind reaction shooting in the dark was absolutely correct. Uh, did not pay league dues, did not pay his share of the, the league expenses, the operating expenses for the league. Um, also fired like five head coaches this season or had like five head coaches resign because he did not pay them. So yeah, ma makes a lot of sense that Antonio Brown uh, got kicked out of the league. I, I swear to God, and I said this on Twitter I think as well, I feel like no one no one told Antonio Brown when he was a kid or in college, like, hey, you know you have to pay bills, right? Like those things that come in the mail, they have like a like a balance due on them. You know you have to write a check and or or go online and pay those, right? Like you can't just throw them in the trash and be like business is booming. I, I've I've figured out the system. If you just don't pay your bills, you cut your costs down by a hundred percent. If you just don't pay, you never have any costs. So business is booming. If you're if you're getting just straight up income with no operating costs, I mean that is that is the way to go. Um, the problem is, you know, there's these things called laws and uh, you know agreements, if you will, uh, that that you know hold people accountable when they don't pay for things. So you know whether it's whether it's the movers that AB just never paid down in Florida, uh, whether it's the the host of, I don't know if it's like massage, really just anyone who has worked for Antonio Brown feels like they just didn't get paid at some point. <laughs> like Either they just didn't get paid the whole time or there were times where Antonio Brown just didn't feel like paying them. That's just kind of the history of Antonio Brown, allegedly. So, I don't know. <laughs> Feels like um, feels like pretty on brand. This feels like a very Antonio Brown story. Um, th this is another guy where it, it is hilarious to watch him uh, operate on a daily basis and just kind of live like live life like no rational person generally does. But also, this man is sick. I don't I don't know if it's CTE. I don't know if it's some other form of degenerative. Uh, brain stuff going on, or whether it's just good old garden variety mental health issues that he's just not addressing. Something's been up with AB for a long, long time, and it's the reason why he's not in the NFL anymore. You hate to see it because he's an incredible player, but at the end of the day, to a lesser extent than the other dumbasses we've talked about today, you play shitty games, you get shitty prizes, and again, 
Antonio Brown not paying someone is the most on-brand shit of all time. So I will leave you all with that. And with that, thank you so much for tuning into Unqualified Analysis. Um, we do this once a week during the off-season episodes on Tuesday. Uh, it could be anything. It could be basketball, football, college football. I'm trying to fill an hour here in the off-season with things that you guys will enjoy listening to. That's that's the only objective right now. I mean, when we get into football season, I will be myopic. I mean, nothing else exists outside of college football and NFL football once once the, the season rolls around. But right now, we got to get through this off-season, man. Maybe, maybe we mix in some baseball there. Who's to say? Uh, find out every week on Tuesday. If you enjoyed, subscribe, leave a like, uh, leave five-star ratings so we can grow this bad boy a little bit. Get Juice it up, folks. Just just juice it up, if you will. If you didn't enjoy it, go away. We, we don't need you here anyways. We only want the people. We, we want volunteers, not hostages. Thank you, Mike Tomlin. Love that quote right there. So, if you didn't enjoy, just keep removing my guy. And tell no one you didn't like it, because we don't want any bad publicity. We're trying to curate the narrative here, as everyone is in this, in this day and age, right? So, uh, if you want to contact the show, probably just go through my DMs at, at Caleb Verzak on Twitter. Link will be in the description so you don't have to spell my fucked up Eastern Block name. I did it for you. Uh, go ahead, follow me, shoot me a DM, any of that you want to do. Um, uh, also, email unqualifiedanalysis at gmail.com. That's the email address. That'll also be uh, down in the description if you just want to copy and paste that. Uh, get in touch with the show. You can either do it through Twitter or email no, no skin off my teats, if you will. So good there. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much for tuning in to Unqualified Analysis. As always, I have got no clue what I'm talking about. But one thing I learned this week in an attempt to not be a dumbass anymore. Many people know that the first recipe for Coca-Cola had cocaine in it. That's kind of, you know, that's just old lore. Everyone knew that that was going on. But did you know it also contained alcohol as well as that cocaine. I mean, that is that is a cocktail. You want to go uppers and downers. That sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen, man. I mean, that sounds like a good time for however long you have it. But, I mean, that just sounds like, oh, man, my chest hurts. That's like, I mean, we're trying to rev it up, but we're also trying to slow it down at the same time, at the, at the very same time here. Um, the original creator, John Stith Pemberton, uh, he's the one who created the... Uh, original recipe for coca-cola initially made the concoction to wean himself off of his morphine addiction which if you got to choose between the two evils um you know cocaine mixed with alcohol and morphine i mean i guess if you're sipping on the upper downer cocktail i guess that's a little bit better than just mainlining morphine maybe a little bit less expensive at that especially in the time when this was made too but yeah john stith pemberton uh, decided to wean himself off of morphine by mixing cocaine and alcohol in a sort of cola beverage. And uh, I'll leave you with that. Absolutely wild story there. So see y'all next week. See you Tuesday. I am going to go edit this thing. <laughs>